Trendy is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to another edition of Trendy, presented by Omaha, the show where we like to compete while exploring the best ways to wager for casual cappers. And Brett Corminos, it is late. This is a late night edition. It is well after midnight here on the East Coast where we are recording. I am on the road and I apologize for my audio as I discovered a broken microphone cord as soon as I tried to get on the mic. And that might have been for the best because I did not have a good Wednesday, at least not as good as yours, as Jackson stumbled his way on a hurt ankle for you to clear on your cred bet, uh, thwart my fail attempt, and get you a little bit closer. But bad news, buddy. I'm still in the lead, 9.4 to 6.7, but you got him feeling better than you did when we recorded on Wednesday. Uh, Yeah, I needed that cred bet bad, buddy. (laughs) I needed that one real bad. So that was a nice little boost for me. I was very worried about that because that swing would have been pretty awful. But man, what a disappointing Thursday football game. The first like good matchup that we get, Edwards gets hurt, like second catch of the game. And then, you know, Jackson almost goes out with his ankle injury, Burrows out with his thumb. Uh, T. Higgins is already out. So football, NFL football, war of attrition. Come watch on Thursday. God, it's the worst. It's the worst. I mean, this was the best. This is the best Thursday night game we've had in a while. It just turned into just the usual Thursday night slog fest. So I'm glad we have gambling most times because that gets us through it. But when you have Andrews and he goes out, then you have Jamar Chase on your fantasy team and Burrow gets hurt, and then Jamar Lamar Jackson stumbles across his 44 and a half. Not my favorite Thursday night, Brad. I'm not going to lie to you, especially after Embiid comes up one rebound short for me to hit my cred bet by just watching. Covington cats balls like down by his knees two inches from Embiid and just not attacking them and looking completely defeated and devoid of life as the Celtics just snatched his soul out from him and like I I know uh I know I'm gonna get on a quick diversion here but can we take the Sixers seriously like I know that they're like this trendy pick right now with Maxi making his ascension everybody's talking about how they might be the second best team in the East taking the Bucks position but Embiid did not look up for the challenge against the Celtics and if the reigning MVP is not ready to compete against the best team in the East what chance is that team having to unseat the Celtics and actually make the finals over Boston uh, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, they've been surprising. I wonder how much of this is just like when you're cloaked in drama and Maxi is kind of seizing his moment, but then whenever the dust clears, it's like you still need players. Like everything comes down to players, right? And that roster just isn't as deep or as good. Um, and I think that's that's something that you know you can be good in the NBA. You know you can look like a NBA championship uh, champion for ten games, even fifteen, sometimes even twenty. But the season's eighty-two games long, and then you got seven-game series in the playoffs. I have a feeling, just looking at that roster, I'm not totally bought into Maxi like All-Star Tyrese Maxi level. I don't think we're there, um, but like. I think that they're going to probably drop back down to earth a little bit. I don't know if they're going to, you know, be the like contender with the Celtics here for the, uh, the East crown. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess Embiid might step it up in the playoffs. So that was really discouraging. I mean, like this like showcase game, he had a chance to put his stamp on it, and he just completely avoided the stage. He didn't even show up. So I don't know. I mean, like you don't want to read too much into one game, but I downgraded them based on what I watched, and they'll have to earn their way back. Uh, but Brett – you get to show off a little bit here. Like on Fridays, I like to let the guests have a little bit of fun. And I'm giving you the ultimate bit of fun as the producer of the show. Now that you're on mic, I'm letting you pick your own topic for Friday. So you uh, send it over to me. Why don't you tell the people what you wanted to discuss before we get into our bets? Well, you know, I've heard you talk a lot about the Woeful Wizards. And, you know, when I grew up, I had a pretty woeful team too. The Milwaukee Bucks, Toby, were not very good in the 1990s. But the funny thing is, I have become like less of a fan of if they've gotten good. And I very fondly look back on those like Chris Ford coached 23 win Milwaukee Bucks teams. I remember going to the Bradley Center when I was a kid and you could get tickets for like nothing. The security didn't care if you just walked right down to the eighth row. Like no one cared. I mean, granted, you're going to go watch them lose by 20. But like I have like so much nostalgia for those teams and like some of those players. Like I make joke. I make Blue Edwards jokes all the time. Like the penny store PJ Tucker. And so the conversation <laughs> I wanted to have was you have dealt with a lot of misery too. Now the Bucks obviously have improved lately, but like in your formative Wizards bullets years, like did you ever latch on to like a really like a stretch of time where the team was really bad, but you just love some of the players? Because I definitely have that for the Bucks. Like I am an Eric Murdoch stan. Okay. I'm just say <laughs> that right now. Oh, Jesus, Eric Murdoch. Uh so Jeff Malone, I don't think quite qualifies because he's he was better than Eric Murdoch, but I love that guy. And not only did I love watching him play like in the aggregate, he hit arguably the greatest shot in NBA history. And I know that's a, a hell of a claim. I'm not oh. saying the most important, I'm not saying the most impactful, but like when we were growing up and you watched the NBA commercial, it was a Jeff Malone shot that often was the hammer that they showed. It was, uh, I think they were playing the Suns, and there was like three seconds left. And Malone sprints to the corner and uh, they throw a pass to him and greatly overthrow it. So he chases the ball down, plants two feet, like just as he catches the ball, it hits a fadeaway over the backboard at the buzzer for a game winner. And this is a shot that I tried to recreate 10,000 times in a driveway, in a gym, uh, wherever it might be. And I think I made it twice. And so the fact that he actually made it in an NBA game with everybody watching and the pressure on and that that shot lives for the rest of time, just cemented him in my memory outside of the rest of his uh, pretty solid performances as somebody that I will always love in an outsized manner versus his actual impact. See, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any of that. Like I didn't, I don't, I don't recall like a Todd day shot that like made him a legend in my mind. I just remember like, just like, you know, like the pl certain players on the team, that is an amazing moment though. See, I don't, I'm actually jealous of hearing that moment. Cause I didn't have those moments when I had to watch Mike Dunleavy senior coach some of these teams into the ground. I had no moments. Joe Wolf was not hitting crazy shots for me to go emulate in my driveway. Oh, but man, Joe Wolf, what a legend. Still coaches the Wisconsin G League team. Kohler, born and raised, still coaches the Bucks herd G League team. Joe Wolf, what a legend. 
Yeah, if you want to talk about like cult favorites, and it wasn't just from like my childhood, uh, there's two that I really have in Washington. One was Michael Morris with the Nationals, just because he was this giant hulking, like did not look like he kind of belonged, like the proto Aaron Judge without the MVPs. Uh, but he also had he played uh, "Take on Me" for his walk-up song, and the whole crowd would sing it. And so even after Morris left the team, they kept playing this song as like a way to remember. Him and he left like such an impact on the experience of going to Nats Park that was way more than he actually had on the field. But I also felt good about him in clutch situations. But uh, my better story is when I was practicing law in DC in you know I don't know 2008 or so 2009 uh, whenever that was uh, I practiced right near the Wizards Arena. And there was a movie theater right next to the arena. So there was one time, I don't know, I filed something and I was waiting for either notes or returns or whatever. Like you just sometimes in the practice of law, you just have to kill a couple hours. And I decided to go over to that movie theater. I walked over and I watched uh, The Watchmen, which and it was like two months after The Watchmen were released. Like, I know that's crazy for millennials. Wait, you saw now. The Watchmen in the theater? Oh, hell yeah, I did. Like oh, back then, the movies would stay around for a couple months. Um, underrated flick, by the way. Like, go back and check it out. It's not bad. I have uh, watched it, but Zack Snyder films. Well, that's a whole. We'll do get another podcast on that. But, but I'm I'm just impressed that you were able to do the one. I had to watch that one out of the theater. But continue on. Theater Watchmen <laughs> done interrupting. Yeah. So because it had been out for a couple months, like literally, this is like three o'clock on a Thursday. I mean, like some ridiculous time where I'm just trying to kill kill a couple hours. Um, I'm the only one in the theater. I'm the only one in the entire theater. And so like the previews come on and the movie's about to start. And like, you know, when you're in a movie theater and like the, you know, the door opens and the light floods in and you realize something else is about to walk in. Well, that moment happens. And uh, I don't even think about it, right? It's like, hey, okay, fine. There's going to be one other person here. Until uh, that person enters and then picks the row right in front of me and picks the seat directly in front of me. They sit directly in the seat in front of me. Uh, and uh, uh, this would be fine if it was like somebody, you know, like pretty normal size. But all of a sudden, I cannot see the movie screen. And then we're talking about a giant movie screen. I can't see it. And you want to know why? It's because it's George Mirasan. And so George Mirasan walks in, trolls me, looks at the entire theater, picks a seat right in front of me, and then turns about around with this 7-7 frame and his big, like, giant, goofy, I think it was Romanian, Romanian grin, and just laughs at me and forces me to move. And so I can actually see the movie. And, like, I loved watching him. I loved Craig Kilborn on SportsCenter doing the Spin Me Jorge highlights. But that cemented him in my heart forever. That is that is an epic troll. What a what a George Mirasan story to have on tap. Like that that is like we're getting into the deep cuts here. I'm talking about Joe Wolf. You have Joe Mirasan ruining your movie experience, man. We're we're killing it already in the opening. Well, well to be fair, Zack Snyder probably ruined the movie experience. Yes. Although better than I thought. Yeah. All right. Any other old school bucks uh, you want to shout out, or should we move over to our picks? Uh, I mean, look, I will always say this. This is not a, this is, it's it's an old school Bucks thing, but they were getting good at this point. The Sam Cassell big balls dance after he hit a shot, all time favorite thing. I sold that immediately. Every, it didn't matter what I was playing. I could be playing Yahtzee. And if I wanted Yahtzee, you were getting the big nuts dance. That was the greatest. He was 
just awesome. I love Sam Cassell. That is, that he will go down. I think if anybody asks me who my favorite buck is, especially like pre Giannis era, it's Sam Cassell, hands down. You can you can All take right. your Ray Allens and your Glenn Robinsons and whoever else, Michael Reds. I'm taking my guy Sam. All right. Well, let's get into the picks because if I win come Sunday night, you're getting a video from me of the big balls dance on your cell phone. So it's just get... getting reposted to the extra points Twitter feed. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. Well, let's give Caesar some love and then let's get into the contest and see who gets to do the dance at the end of the weekend. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
All right, Brett, we are back. It's time to play heart, head, heater, cred to pay off our picks contest. And since I still have the lead, I play four to 6.7. I am going to claim honors and I am starting in the NFL. But overall, I have a theme for my picks today. I only was able to hit on Wednesday by picking somebody to fade, like Luka Doncic. Not that he had a bad game, but they blew out the Wizards. He didn't play enough in the second half to carry through a stat line. And my under hit. And so like in coming up with my picks today, I just wanted to think about entities that I wanted to fade on this Fade Friday edition. And I'm starting with the, uh, the Packers. And I'm trying to maximize my value here by taking the Chargers money line plus Aaron Jones on the under 52.5 rushing yards. That SGP is playing 143 on the plus side on Caesars. And for the Packers, Jordan Love isn't in. We've proven that beyond a shadow of a doubt. So they need to continue to position themselves for a draft where there's going to be multiple quarterbacks. Even if they don't end up with the number one pick, as long as they end up in the top three or four, they're going to have a guy that they can hopefully build upon uh, beyond Love because he's not going to have any success going forward. On the other side of the ball, the Chargers offense has come alive with 126 points in the last four weeks. If they get anywhere near 30 again, there's no way the Packers can keep up. So I'm going to pay the daily tax here and so probably do something so dumb it'll cost them the minus three spread but i think they will manage to pull out the money line regardless and the little extra earnings isn't enough to risk the push on the minus three line on the other side of this sgp aaron jones is dealing with lingering injuries and stacked boxes and unfavorable game scripts as they fall behind and have to use him in the air rather than on the ground so getting him under on his rushing total seems like good value to me as he has not come anywhere close to this number on every week but one so you put the logic together you use your heart you say this all makes sense and you end up with a plus 143 that i feel like is excellent value yeah i mean it's uh, i'm 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 loving the logic on all of it the only problem is i'm just a jordan love truther and uh i don't i was I, I, well no i know i'm saying i was on him when when he like came out of the gate and everybody was like oh the packers have another one i was like i don't think this dude's very good and then now he is like head and shoulders at the bottom of the uh, completion percentage below expectation but the thing about him is and that i worry about is when they go against his chargers pass defense the long deep balls. They just keep trying them. And it scares me with Brandon Staley, man. I could see this game. Like, I don't like this game because I could see Jordan Love having like three long touchdowns to Christian Watson and the Chargers losing. That was the only reason I couldn't tail this bet is I'm like, he's not good, but they just throw along with him because he can't complete passes short. And this is the perfect team for them to do that against. It just seems like yeah. this is going to be the perfect Staley game where the Chargers should absolutely win. But Jordan Love's going to have three 70-yard touchdown passes to Chris and Watson. It's not going to happen. So the money line thing, definitely. I love the logic on Aaron Jones. I couldn't get there with the money line in the Chargers, even though I am a Jordan Love skeptic. Uh, for my heart pick, though, I'm going to another QB that's got some typically some controversy around him and a contract in where he has to watch a certain amount of film. Um, but that, that line here with the Cardinals at plus five and a half against the Texans, a like whatever you think about Kyler Murray, he is a just 
objectively, subjectively, he's a better quarterback than Josh Dobbs. Like, that's just like, that's just the thing. And the Cardinals were playing teams very close with Josh Dobbs as quarterback. Now they have a guy that's an above average NFL starter. Yes, he's coming back from the knee injury, but he looked okay in the first week. And for all the CJ Stroud love, he is definitely leading the league in throws uh, in the, in the throws that are graded as interception worthy throws versus actual INTs. So I think he's good. Um, this is not me being a, a CJ Stroud truther, um, but this is the fact that I think we're getting a, a Cardinals team where we don't quite really know how to weight them and a Texans teams that just gain way too overvalued. So I'm just thinking right here, it's gotta be the Cardinals. Like it, the gut just says, this line looks really weird. The Texans are overvalued. The Cardinals are undervalued. Plus five and a half, really, seems like too many points. All right. Well, I took Houston in our staff picks this week that you'll see the graphic uh, when that can come out on Sunday morning. Sunday. So I certainly can't tail it, but I don't believe in it enough to fail it. So I am going to keep away from that game. Although I will probably, probably, pay, some Ky- <laughs> I'll probably pay some Kyler Murray unders. Uh, because I'm not sure that he's going to be all you know able to perform enough to actually hit some of the marks that they set over on Caesars. Uh, so continuing this fade Friday in the head column, I am fading Zion Williamson under 28.5 points plus assists is minus 108 on Friday night versus the champion Denver Nuggets. And Zion appears to still be getting his feel back on the court after missing so much time, and he's missed this number in all but one game this year. The one time he did clear it was against the Nuggets, strangely enough, but it was by a hair on his considerable backside ending at 29. With this game having a little extra meaning due to the tournament, I think the Nuggets take care of business, slowing up Zion and creating blowout equity that would encourage the Pelicans to rest Zion a bit as they're on the front end of a back-to-back. Put it all together, and it seems uh, far more likely that he comes up short than not, and you're getting close to even odds to create my perceived value. Yeah, the Zion bets I can definitely get on board with. Uh, I am not a huge fan of what's going on with him. I think his game is going to be pretty limited. Um, And, I mean, look, the Nuggets, in some of the advanced numbers that I've looked at, the Nuggets are really uh, underperforming. They're, They're basically playing a lot better than their net rating is showing, and I am just not... I'm just not seeing where Zion is going to take a leap. And so any under bet with Zion, I'm definitely on board with. He's just, I'm just never, I don't see myself ever getting to him on that player. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think, I think his average is only 25 and a half. I think he's averaging what, 22 point, uh, 22.3 or four, like three assists. So like this line is against one of the best teams in the league. And they actually said above, his averages. So I don't know exactly what the lines makers are seeing, which makes me a little bit nervous, but Zion's not distributing the ball at all. And so you're going to need 26, 27 points in order to clear this line. And I just don't think he's going to play long enough because I think they're going to get blown out as well. Yeah. And the Pelicans team is like two teams shoved into one with like the Jonas Valachunas stuff with all the kind of long, like the Herb Jones, rangy wing defenders. Like, and and it, you don't, when you have a player like Zion, this is the tough part about building with a team like that. And we're going to get into a whole basketball conversation here, but I'll try to wrap it quick. Um, but you you can't you can't build it with this kind of mix and match of guys that don't fit around him. You are playing with Zion as your primary ball handler. You're letting him go, and you're the rest of the lineups around him are spreading the floor. You're playing small. You're playing fast. You don't throw out Jonas Valanciunas and have him try to just like 
stretch out and shoot through threes game. You don't play a non-shooting wing defender with them all the time when Zion himself can't shoot and needs all the space that he can get. So I am I am very much with this bet. I, I think it's great, but you have one more coming up here, Toby, that I really like. So I'm not yeah, I couldn't that. get to that one. For me on the head pick, I'm I'm doing your favorite thing. I'm going to golf. Uh oh, RSM gosh. classic. I got JT Poston as a top five finish at plus 360, basically because I just need to hit a big bet. <laughs> and this number looked really good. But also JT Poston, you know, last time you last time you scoffed, but then you ended up placing a bet based on this. Uh, but JT Poston's last five starts, T2, T7, T24, T22, and T3. So that's three top seven finishes in his last five starts. He has been absolutely lights out with his irons. He's three under through round one today or at Thursday, but they had to stop it due to weather. So he's actually still got five holes left to play, and he's only two off the lead already. And he's plus 360, just the top five, just the top five. So I'm riding Poston. He may very well win. I don't know if I'm going to convince you this time to place a golf bet, but maybe. Uh, I cannot tell this because I'm not convinced JT Poston's a real person. I think that is an exact <laughs> type of name that you would make up as a golfer, and I've never heard of him in my entire life. So not only will I not put my hard-earned cash on him, I cannot get behind what could be a work of fiction here and that you're pranking me because I'm exhausted and it's really late. So forget <laughs> about that one. Uh, on the heater side, I have the Wolves again, and this time I get the second end of the back-to-back for the Pelicans. The line is not posted yet, but the Wolves are coming off being embarrassed by the Suns on Wednesday and will be extremely well-rested while taking on the Pelicans on the second leg of their back-to-back. And It's a brutal combination of playing the Nuggets and the Wolves, which are two of the best teams in the league this summer. Uh, so far. So I don't know what the line's going to be. The Wolves are probably going to lay somewhere around six, maybe maybe even higher. But no matter what they lay, I like my chances quite a bit. But finally, Brett, it's time for you to pay off your heater. You owe me two on the road quarterbacks throwing interceptions. Who are you taking? Man, and let me tell you, Toby, as we talked about on Monday, lots of choices here. Uh, but the two that I went with, and I'm going I'm to trick it out. This is probably going to be a heater first here. But the first one is going to be Josh Jobs uh, over 0.5 interceptions playing against Denver. Uh, I love what Kevin O'Connell's doing. He's probably going to get a lot out of the Josh Jobs. I think Kevin O'Connell is quickly moving up into top five NFL coach territory if he's not there already. Um, but minus 117, the Dobbs roller coaster experience seemed like too good a line. Uh, and then I am going to parlay two quarterbacks into one on a heater because both their actual numbers on over 0.5 interceptions were not very good. When you parlay them together, it feels a lot juicier. Will Levis, who let us all think he was the second coming for the Titans here in his four-touchdown opening game and has since been not good. Uh, And then Aiden O'Connell against the Finns. You combine those two over 0.5 interceptions, you get plus 159. I love that number for two guys that I think are almost near locks to throw picks. Yeah, I'm tailing that one. I mean, uh, you convinced me. Like, you don't, you know, it doesn't take a lot of words to think that those two guys are going to throw interceptions, <laughs> but we throw it in a plus 159 and I got to protect my league. That is by far the uh, one that I strategically want to back, and I'm going to play it in real life because that is a great number for two inexperienced guys yeah, to send balls I, the other way. It's it's wild too, um, especially now that Delphin's secondary is healthy. Like I, yeah, I couldn't believe that one, and and I I think we're gonna start seeing that, that Levis is gonna go the way of Malik Willis and not franchise savior for Tennessee here. But uh, I agree. What do, you, 
What do you got for me for your cred pick? We're, we're, we're just crushing it, Toby. What do you got for me? All right. I have a money line parlay in the NFL. This has served me pretty well over uh, the course of Trendy, and I'm going back into this particular bag of tricks in order to try to clinch my victory. And this is the ultimate in Fade Friday because I'm simply taking the opposite of three of the worst teams in the league. I'm taking the Commanders, the Lions, and the Cowboys on the money line. This is minus 129. And I've already gone against the Packers and Zion. I'm doubling down by shorting Tommy DeVito and the Giants and the Bears and the Panthers. If I could take the Pats to lose to the bye week, I would have thrown them in as well so I could have all five of the worst teams in the league for me to beat Uh Brett. You know the Giants are a special kind of awful being a nearly double-digit dog to a commander team that waved a burgundy flag at the trade deadline, but here we are. Uh, The commanders can put points on the board, which is far more than the Giants can say right now, so I'm not confident in them covering, but I do think they get to 20, and if they do so, America's favorite stay-at-home quarterback will not catch them. If the Bears get fields back, they will be slightly frisky, but uh, they're, you know, D3 or whatever the hell. Savior is still scheduled to start again as of this recording, so I'm pretty thrilled to short him against one of the better teams in the NFC, and I round that out with uh, the fact that this is the only quarterback set that Bryce Young is the class of, but beating a hot Cowboys team will be a very tall order. My only fear is this bet seems too obvious, and but that's that's what makes me the squarest man in America. And at least it'll be fun to watch how I might get screwed this time. Do you have any predictions, Brett? Any predictions of how I lose this bet? Uh, well, I I wanted to go in from the game theory perspective and be like, I need to fail this credibility pick. But then when I saw your bet, I was like, that would mean Tommy DeVito would have to beat a team starting as an NFL quarterback, not XFL. NFL. Yeah. Yep, yep, <laughs> and the other part of it is, and I'm going to throw this little hot take out there. Uh, if Zach Wilson does not exist or Aaron Rodgers is still healthy, we would very much be talking about is Bryce Young the worst quarterback in the NFL right now, at least as far as regular starters, non-backups go. Uh, so so he should be just like writing thank you notes to, to Zach and being like, thank you for being a historically awful quarterback because now no one's talking about me. He might need a booster seat to reach the desk. <laughs> oh, ouch. And we're hitting him with a short joke too. Poor Bryce. Uh, but yeah, I could not in all conscience fail that pick, which means I have to sort of tail it. But I also really thought hard. And I was like, how do these teams lose these games? I have very, I've, I mean, we're going to see this in a second here but I have a ton of faith in the Cowboys because they are my cred pick. And then, then I'm just looking at a bears team that wants to tank for the number one pick and then Tommy DeVito. So, I I mean, like this, I just, I know it's going to fail. Like I know it's going to lose. I know we're going to (laughs) lose this bet. I know we're going to lose, but I can't sit here and imagine a world how this happens. So I'm looking forward to be pleasantly surprised, but it'll probably be my cred pick, which is the Dallas minus 10 and a half at Carolina. That is my credibility pick. I just see no way that that Bryce Young can do anything against this Dallas defense. I mean, the pressure is going to be relentless. He has not been good. I mean, he has been rated by some people. I think Kevin Cole um, over at Unexpected Points has him as like his 
second or third worst quarterback over the course of the year. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty ugly over there. I mean, that Carolina trade up to get him every week looking worse and worse. But I'm taking the Cowboys, so it's a lot going on there that those credibility picks. Yeah, I would like them to call the Bears and offer um, offer Bryce Young back to them for the number one or number two picks this year <laughs> to see. Just count the number of laughs. Just like what's the over under on how long it takes them to laugh, or do they just hang up immediately? Well, what's that? Uh, what's that movie with like Kevin Costner where like the scenario is he like trades day, all his first round? Come on, yeah, draft day where he like trades all his first round picks and then like th- four days later like gets them all back in a punt returner or something like yeah, just the most wild thing. Like I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go on a little tangent because this movie kills me. I, I'll, I'll wrap it quick because we're late, but I gotta say this. Did they not call one NFL person to be like, this would never happen in real life. A team would not trade three first round draft picks and a week later trade back for them. Like they they couldn't reach out to one NFL office front office guy. I don't understand. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, once Bryce Young gets traded for the first round pick and next year's first, then maybe all scenarios are possible. Maybe draft days off the hook. Uh, all right, so let's give our sponsors a little bit of love to the Second Guest Express and allow me to finally get to bed. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Brett, we are back and we will wrap up this week with the one that is going to rot on our betting bench. So who are you going with in your second guess express? Express. Uh, well, I mean, we brought him up earlier. The legend, the man, the myth, the legend, the star of Broadway, Zach Wilson, over point I, uh, five INTs against Buffalo is minus 151. I didn't like the juice on this one as much as when I parlayed the other two together. And this is the crazy thing about Zach Wilson. He is a historically bad quarterback by any way you measure it. As far as his performance, not only this year, but the other year that he was a starter. And he does it without being an absolute interception machine. Like there have been some truly bad quarterbacks. And most of the th- the reason that those guys have been terrible is they've just had a propensity to constantly throw the ball to the other team. Zach Wilson's futility is so impressive that without turning the ball over loads and loads and loads, he can't do anything on offense. And that was the part of the reason why I couldn't put him in my heaters. I was like, He's going to be bad, but he's not. He's so bad that he's bad without throwing interceptions, which is a yeah. new kind of impressive bad. 
Sure. No, that's a whole new species of bad. Uh, I am not going bad. So I, I went with Fade Friday for all of my picks. That's why this one had to go to the bench because it actually is a superstar doing superstar things. And it's Derrick Henry over 56.5 rushing yards combined with him also going over 11.5 receiving yards. You put those together on an SGP at Caesars and you get plus 233. And ever since Piacenti used this formula to beat me, I remain a very big fan of the construct which allows you to get great juice on your payoff if you can cor- cor- correctly predict a star running backs contribution split between land and air now henry had had an off game last week and i'm literally betting on him not to have two in a row here the inexperience at quarterback which we've already been talking about throughout the show has created more opportunity for him in the passing game and as long as it doesn't get out of hand early 57 on the ground isn't really a tall task for the league's best back, um, maybe the second best back, somewhere in that category. He's hit this number in three out of his last four and five out of nine on the season, making the plus 233 seem more than fair. Plus, I'm giving him an extra boost by leaving this big play on my bench. So watch him cruise past these marks on Sunday. <laughs> that's the that's only thing I thought of with that is uh, you're leaving this one on the bench at a nice little juicy number. And so I'm glad that it's it's on the bench and it's not in our competition. So it gives me a little bit more of a chance. But, you know, come on, JT Poston. Yeah, I got to make this a fair fight because Embiid certainly allowed you back into the door. I'm still mad about that. I'll send, I'll send him a nice thank you. I'm so mad about that. Like, yeah, to- Toby's really upset, but uh, I'm I'm really happy. <laughs> so keep doing that thing for me, buddy. Sure he cares. I'm sure he'll come sit. <laughs> he'll definitely open that me. letter because that's what you do now is you send people letters. That's how we work yeah. today. I'm sure he'll sit next to me in a, or in front of me at a movie theater before I know it. Uh, <laughs> So here at the Extra Points Podcast Network, we had another great week. I really hope if you're listening to this, you're listening, you're going to tune in to the 15-minute pregame show. Uh, going to be released later on Friday. We're super proud of it. Please continue to support it. It is a hit for us. Also listen to Hench and Damashek doing their usual thing on Minus 3, Waiver Wired, um, Lemon Pepper Parlay, the Extra Points podcast uh, that aired on Wednesday was another banger. You've obviously heard Brett and I all uh, all week on this program. And next week, we will be back uh, in an abbreviated fashion. So it's Thanksgiving week. We certainly aren't going to make you listen to us all the time. We're going to make you listen to your family instead. But we will be releasing shows Monday through Wednesday next week, uh, including a tournament of champions here on Trendy. So the first three people to beat me were Eddie Spaghetti, Dave Damashek, and Martin Weiss. And all three of them will be appearing next week to try to figure out which one of them is is the biggest champion of Trendy so far, and I am putting up my own money. I am putting up my own money. I will pay for Thanksgiving dinner for whoever beats me. So uh, we'll have some nice steaks, we'll have a nice meal, and hopefully have some good times. But Brett, I thank you for joining me here this week. I wish you the worst of luck. Anything you (laughs) want to say to the folks before we sign off? Uh, no, I mean, just go JT Poston. I need that bet. That's the one. That's the one that gets me across. And it would be the most fulfilling because of how much crap you gave me for the Zozo Championship. A golf <laughs> bet taking me over the top. Let's go, JT. Do it for me. Yeah, yeah. Do it for you. Your imaginary friend comes through for you again. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. I hope you enjoy another Action Pack Sports Weekend. Come back for the Tournament of Champions next week. And until there, take care, everyone.